and welcome to Hot Talk. It's Mox Geek Culture Podcast, where we talk about geek stuff, nerdy stuff, and all sorts of awesome. My name is Danny Shepard, and joining me, as always, is my lovable band of goons, starting with Tony Smith. What to do, baby? You? Jeremy Lee. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Just don't point at the camera. Noel Shefflin. <laughs> that was just noises. He just made noises. That young. Wazy, baby. Guys. <laughs> it's too early. And... Introducing our sound engineer, our sound guy, the guy who works on the sounds. <laughs> what, that sounds like something? Mm. Oscar Corral. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, had to bring, I had to make sure the buildup was epic. Can you hear me? Wow. Can you hear me now? Cool. Cool, cool. Oscar, so you guys uh, may not know Oscar, but if you've listened to our videos, then you've heard Oscar. <laughs> you've heard my work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he killed it in uh, uh, Deadpool and Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. You've been with us since uh, Deadpool and Green Arrow versus Hawkeye? Yeah. I, I killed the sound as Deadpool was killing Deadpool and Green Arrow was killing Hawkeye. So yeah, we're, yeah. All, we're all killing it. All yeah. killers over all here. All killers. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Tight. Tight. Killing's tight. 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 No, I didn't mean that. No, killing is not tight. Oh, kill. <laughs> do not kill, okay, guys? Please do not kill. Kill so, not killing in the name of. So, uh, before we get the episode started, if you like the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of the shenanigans that we do here, please go over and support us on Patreon. Uh, all the money has been put into our new videos, new equipment. All the, the new fun stuff that we need, like a new mixer. <laughs> I do need a <laughs> that new we just mixer. realized is broken. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, go support us on Patreon. There's some really sweet perks, uh, and uh, the people who donate on Patreon are going to be able to take advantage of that stuff, uh, you know, very soon. So, uh, yeah, uh, we also have a T-shirt that's now available. Uh, you can find that, the link in the description. It's uh, our new Minute Matchup shirt. It's only available for, I don't know, what, like a week? Yeah, another one more week. Another uh, the 21st, right? Yeah. So another one nine week. days. Another yeah, week another or week. while supplies last. So, well, yeah. Oh, or while supplies last, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, get yours today. Okay, well, let's uh, let's jump right into it. I don't think I have anything else to plug. Do I have to uh, plug anything? Reaction channel? Oh, yeah, yeah. I always forget. I'm sorry about that. You're no. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why we're here, man. Look at me. Look at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. 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 Uh, if you guys haven't been watching Ismahawk Reacts, you definitely should. I know it's not usually what we're doing, uh, what we do, but uh, I've been watching a couple episodes. Like, I, I watch every episode just to make sure these guys are doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I find myself, I've just become a fan of that channel. And uh, I was watching one of the episodes. It's the episode, I don't know, you see this little girl get punched in the face, punched in the throat by her little brother. And then a little kid, so it's funny, it's not like horrible. <laughs> her reaction is just so over the top. <laughs> Yelling so dramatic. Oh, I, was, I, was I know at, that video. I was at work watching it, and I was literally like, just like, the like gasping and crying. <laughs> gasping I was laughing. For so air. Like, I, I don't know if I would have found it 
as funny if you guys weren't reacting to it because your reactions to it were were similar to what I was like trying not to laugh, but I, was, but I couldn't help it because it was just so oh, ridiculous. You guys should go check out that episode. That one's funny. Ja- that was a great one. And the John Cena, the John Cena prank. Ep- the John Cena. Oh prank. my god, John uh, Cena. Guys, go subscribe to Ismahawk Reacts. The your Please. channel seems to be growing pretty pretty decent yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and for good reason. Matt decent. Mad decent. Oh, we are also planning on doing the reviews. We were talking about that on the last episode. The reason why we haven't started uh, already is because we have been literally neck deep in Flash versus Quicksilver, and uh, and it's been pretty exhausting. So kind of had to roll the punches with with that one, guys. Because we gotta it, run it, with it. Some yeah. Mm. I think I think all of you can agree <laughs> that that probably takes priority. Um, so mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of focus on that. So the reason why we brought Oscar onto this episode is because. Uh, a lot of people since the very beginning have actually been asking us how to make a fan film, how to make a short film, how to make a movie, how to how to do this, how to start a YouTube channel, and we thought that this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about that, especially since Full Sail is our sponsor for this episode. Uh, let's uh, let's seems appropriate. Yeah, we yeah. can discuss, uh, I guess, what it takes to start a YouTube channel, and uh, we ask questions on uh, Patreon and Facebook to see what you guys, uh, what your questions would be. And, uh, and we'll try our best to answer them. Face novel. Face novel. Mm-hmm. Novels that are, that is of a face. Mm-hmm. What? Or of faces. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the book that the, is the of many face. face god. The many face of books. <laughs> the many face god. The many face god. The many face god. The mini face god. Like the mini, he has a small the face. Mini, the mini. The mini no, face mini mouse. Mini face god. The mini mouse. It's like an iPad mini. The mini face god. Mini face god. You have to get Apple Care Plus for the mini face god. Stupid. Apple Care. Jeez. That is not included in the process of how to make a, uh, a fan film. <laughs> it is not. No, that is not. So uh, the first question comes from Strash from Patreon. Uh, you asked a few questions, so I think... Should we just answer all three or yeah. just one? Yeah, let's answer all three. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah. So firstly, when starting a YouTube channel or any sort of fan film... Ma- or uh, start yes. any sort of filmmaking brand, mm-hmm. do you find there's some ways to get yourself seen that work better than others? Or is it just a matter of making the best content you can and hoping for the best? Okay, before we go into this, always make the best content you possibly can. Yep. That's yes. never an or. Mm-hmm. That's always, always, always. If you, you do what you have to do to make the best content you possibly can. Yeah, yeah and secondly... Always make the best content you can. There's yeah. never a compromise yeah, for that. Yeah. Always There's make the best. Two rules <laughs> yeah. to filmmaking. Yeah. The, first rule, the first two rules of Fight Club is make the best content you <laughs> exactly. can. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Film club. Nope. Right. As far as getting your stuff out there, you know, there's a there's a channel uh, that I found uh, called Fury Fingers. They, uh, they always tweet me their videos. And these guys do some really freaking awesome, fantastic work. And, uh, like, their work is really good. It's funny. It's got a lot of character, a lot of personality. I think they're based out of either... I'm sorry, guys, if you're, if you're watching this, like, New Zealand or Australia. One of the two. I think it's Australia. But their work is really fantastic. And uh, every time I watch it, I'm like, the visual effects are good. The stunts are good. The acting is fun. Uh, like, everything about it is, is like, it, it, it's, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a lot of views. Alrighty. And we're back. All right. All right. And, and we're back. back. And we're back. Oh my god! <laughs> technical difficulties, guys. And we're back. Sorry, guys. We had some tef- technical difficulties. They were All technical. Right. They were testicle. 
Jesus, Jeremy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to uh, answering Srasha's question. Uh, I'm the one who handles all the marketing for Ismahawk stuff, and I was talking about Fury Fingers, how they were. Uh, yes. You know, how that channel is uh, is really great, but uh, they just need to market their stuff out. Uh, so it's it's a combination of the two. You need to be able to market your stuff as well as um, as well as make amazing content. So that you got to make the content first. Mm-hmm. Then once you have that content, you have to market it. Now, how do you do that? That's a whole big can of worms. But basically, the way I learned is send it to people who care. Send it to people like mm-hmm. don't send it to uh, Barack Obama. He's not gonna care. Don't send it to a blog that uh, that blogs about cutlery. Like send it to send it to websites that cover the content that you make. So mm-hmm. for us, we make superhero related content. So we send it to comic book blogs, video game blogs, people who who are around the same demographic anything, as us. Anything slightly geeky or nerdy. Geeky or nerdy, yeah. Geek culture, nerdy. Like that's that's you know the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what helped Nightwing get viewed. That's how would you just specifically how many channels, Danny? Because th- this is I didn't know this until further down the road when I asked I asked about it. How many websites um, you, that you're referring to did you send Nightwing to? Um, just like five Park. million. No, it wasn't five million. I remember we had like a whole list. Mm, yeah, there was a couple hundred. Uh, an important, an important thing as well is, and this is why a couple hundred is more of a pain in the butt because you never, ever, 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 for any reason, ever want to copy and paste and send emails like that is called spamming, guys, and you will get blacklisted. We send a custom crafted email to every single website we're in contact with. Yep. Every contact, because and honestly, we only send it to websites that we actually go on Mm -hmm. that's something that's important as well uh don't just send it to random websites if you don't if you're not a like i guess a a a constant viewer of that website then a frequent visitor a frequent visitor Mm -hmm. of that website then you know maybe maybe rethink sending something to them post it to websites send it to websites that you can actually relate to because Mm -hmm. uh you know, you, you may send it to some website and they're like, oh, uh, this is just a generic email. Uh, blacklist this email address that just sent us this. And then they'll never accept any emails. From and they also again. might see that you just created an, an account just to post this thingy on the website yep. and they won't dig that. Also, these yeah. guys are a lot of people in, in like video game geek journalism. They all know each other. Mm-hmm. So you send something to one website and... You send the exact same thing to another. Someone might be like, "Oh, check this out! Check this out! This is cool!" And they're like, "Oh, I got that same exact email, oh, word for word." Oh, well, screw this guy! He just sends <laughs> it to everybody. It's a very oh man, it's it's very touchy when it comes to those kinds of things, guys. Because like Danny said, the network is. You think it wouldn't be very small? It is. I could teach uh, a, an entire semester course on marketing <laughs> and, and the stuff that I've learned. It's. It's pretty deep, guys. I would look up, if you're interested in marketing your content, I would look up a Kickstarter campaign called Soma. Um, they raised 100 grand in uh, about a week, and their process to which they were marketing was, uh, was great intro information for us. So uh, look up their stuff, maybe not uh, directly linked to the Kickstarter campaign, uh, the crowdfunding, but look at it in terms of like getting your content seen. Yeah. Yeah, I can uh, speak from experience because as an audio freelancer, 
you really have to market yourself heavily or you're, you're just not going to get any work. And so, Fair. yeah, there was a, a while where I wasn't getting any work and, um, I was like talking to Danny, like, <laughs> what, like, what do you guys do? Like, what, what's your secret sauce? And, uh, it, for me, it started with Twitter. That was, yeah, big. yeah. I, I didn't realize how big Twitter was. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm slowly but surely learning that, you know, I just got to post constantly on there, yep. what I'm doing, what I'm interested in. And then it, random people start following me and I'm like, Hey, this is, this He's is pretty cool. Too. The crafts yeah, yeah. definitely bleed in that regard. Um, for actors nowadays, I, I actually, actually, uh, speaking about Twitter, I actually post this on Twitter. There's a whole, um, there's a whole, uh, publishing, um, article that, that posted about it. And as an actor, you have to have some kind of social media following. What yeah. is your social media following going into an audition? And they, they will ask you that. Because you could be good on all accounts, on every single thing that you do. They check it off the list. He did great. Oh, I only have 120 followers on Twitter. Or, but the guy, I, or yeah. I don't have Twitter. Or I don't, or I don't have a Twitter account. And then it's like the guy next to you, maybe, or the, it could, oh, sorry, girl as well. She could, or he could not be as good of an actor. Mm-hmm. But they have 20,000 followers on Twitter because they've just been there longer. They've been marketing themselves. Mm-hmm. They will give it to that person. They will, and same thing goes. Like I said, it bleeds. They're trying to make money, man. They're yeah. looking for people with a built-in audience. Free, yeah, exactly. free audience. They don't have to go out and they don't have to market that. You already have people. You have twenty thousand people. You can already tell. It doesn't matter if you don't like Facebook or Twitter or any of these social media stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to have it. Exactly. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> it it's matter. one of those things you have to have. Yeah. And honestly, guys, too, when you we have some young, younger viewers. Also, when you guys get to this certain age, get a LinkedIn account. I, I can't even tell you how many people that that I actually work with uh, Oscar and Danny, as you know, during our day jobs, I have met so many people within our network by just LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn. And I've asked them questions on LinkedIn about the job that we do every single day. And it's yeah. very, very... LinkedIn very... spams us too much, man. Yeah, LinkedIn they send us really... way too many freaking emails. Yeah, they do. They do spam me a lot. But <laughs> there is a payoff there. Yeah. yeah, I did, but I'm still getting emails. <laughs> Holy moly. It's, I, it's insane. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lawsuit going around for LinkedIn right now because they use some kind of like means in order to get more connections and more people on, mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Um, I don't use it too much, <laughs> but if it works for you, I guess at the end of the day. I, well, say I, met, Twitter, I met a lot of people on LinkedIn. Twitter and Facebook are the most powerful networking tools you can get. Mm-hmm. Instagram... I like Instagram a lot, but it's really just like, hey, look how famous I am. Yes, it thing. is. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely Twi- a beauty contest yeah, on tw- Instagram. <laughs> Twitter, I, I believe Twitter and Facebook are the more valuable means to uh, getting your name out there and getting uh, and marketing and meeting people. Um, definitely agree with that. Because uh, the, the first time I had a chat with Aaron from Bat in the Sun was on, over Facebook. So, I mean, it's like, like that's, that may not have happened if we may not have connected that way if we weren't. On Facebook. Agreed. And I actually, um, with um, Movie Pilot, I actually, I got in contact with one of the, uh, with one of the, um, I'm sorry, geez, one of the publishers there. Was it publisher? Writers? Uh, Writer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. One of the journalists there. And that's how uh, the means of communication that we had. And then he, we, obviously we exchanged numbers. Um, However many times. Yeah. Adonis. However many times Mm -hmm. I've, I've told people out loud, I hate the messenger app. It really... I mean, I can't hate it now. Yeah. I can't. I literally can't hate it because it, it helped me move forward in my career. Yeah. Movie Pilot in general utilizes Facebook quite a bit. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, guys. And in case you don't know what the, the tweet sounds like, 
There it is. <laughs> Oscar the sound guy. Uh, so let's move on to. Uh, do we want to answer the other ones from uh, from? I, I would like to. I maybe think make those... them quick. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's make, make them quick. quick. I don't yeah. want to stay on uh, on. Uh, the same person for too long. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to everybody. But uh, so, secondly, when it comes to things, things slash scenes slash shots that need filming, how do you decide how to prioritize what needs to be filmed? Do you consider location, chronology, difficulty of scene? Do you start planning the day to get everything everything done that day? And how do you deal with a sudden lack of time and time on film day? Time lack of time on film day, on a film day. On a shoot day, that has a lot to do with. <laughs> oh man, I have a, I have a lot. That has a lot to do with Danny and Jeremy, and uh, I'd like for them to answer that. Yeah. Hey. I can pitch in. Jesus, you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. First of all, you rarely film anything chronologically. Like that's a very rare occurrence because yeah. it's usually trying to schedule locations and planning other people's schedules too. Yeah, because. The uh, when you plan a location, you usually want to shoot out that location in the few, the fewest number of days possible, so you don't spend more in that location, or you don't want to like stay there too long. Give them an example from Nightwing. Well, with the interest of the script, though, I think you should put that in because sometimes when you get into dramatic scenes, because chronologically, I mean, that kind of. Oh yeah, well, it the context of the scene also comes into play. It just depends on how. That's more of a director and producer standpoint and AD, like scheduling. Some people prefer to have dramatic scenes later in the mm-hmm. shoot, uh, in production schedule, or some people rather shoot all the action scenes first or shoot all the action scenes later. Mm-hmm. That's just preference, but still, in that context, you still group similar scenes together and right. locations together in one day. Yeah, or I think, however many days. I think the big thing that, that you're touching on a little bit is just the, the pre production side of things. All the dry, boring stuff like getting the script out, <laughs> yeah. getting uh, the shot list. Uh, if you, what's the the one with the squares? Where Storyboard. Doing, yeah, storyboarding. What what the video is going to look like? Because uh, not only does that help like uh, encapsulate your vision on something yeah. tangible, but it also helps share that vision with everyone else on the team. So as you go through actual production and post production, people aren't as confused of what you want to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's funny because a lot of people think that actually shooting the film is the biggest part. Pre-production and post-production are usually the most time-consuming yeah. and most difficult By far. Quick notes. You cannot fix audio in post-production. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Figure it out on set. No. You shouldn't look at anything to fix it in post. No. Get it right on set. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, when we when we're usually planning our shoots, uh, the first thing we do is consider the story, consider the scene, and consider the context of the scene. Um, the order to which we shoot it, for minute matchups, uh, we like to shoot chronologically, chronologically if, we can, yeah. if we can, but we don't always. And the reason why is for this specifically is because the costumes get progressively more beat up, and we only have one. So we like to film out the dialogue stuff and the close-up stuff first, and then we jump into the fight scene and then move from there. Uh, we happen to be moving fairly fairly in chronological order for Flash, right? Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah I guess. It's, it's not a requirement. Uh, personally, I have a, a little bit of OCD, so I like going in order <laughs> if possible, but uh, just because it feels smoother. It feels right, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, we, don't, we don't always... 
need to or have to. In Nightwing, we did not go in order at all. We were all over. The, we, we were super scattered. We filmed the first scene last. Yeah, and the first yeah. scene that we filmed was the graveyard scene, which was in episode two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And the last scene we shot was the first scene, which was the, the gala scene yeah. with uh, Destro killing Yeah. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was the last shoot. Star Wars episode three, they filmed the um, volcano scene, the final battle first. What? Yeah, so that scene where Anakin is on the ground, like burning up and just like screaming, "I hate you!" Oh, dang. they filmed that first. Wow. Well, where that that's why his performance was the best <laughs> yeah. at the beginning because uh, George fresh. Lucas didn't get a chance to taint it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Jeez, man. That's... But yeah. See, no, man. Everybody, so weird. Know, everybody knows that George Lucas just doesn't give a crap about his actors. Man. Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't. No, I mean, <laughs> Faster, I mean, more intense is not a reasonable <laughs> note to give someone. <laughs> Faster, more intense. I like him. Faster, he, he more sound. intense. Wait, what? He cares about sound? He cares yeah. about... He cares about the aesthetic of the film, and I, I feel like he's a master at getting the look and the visual effects. I mean, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. pioneer of visual. He's effects. a master of creating the world, yes. exactly, and immersing you in it. But his writing leaves something to be desired, and his directing, <laughs> his directing specifically the directing of his actors. The thing, and you know what? A perfect example of that is is in Empire Strikes Back. He didn't direct it, and yeah. it's it's got it's my yeah. favorite and considered. Mm-hmm. I think he only directed the first one. one. Yeah, or uh, episode four. Episode four. You compare yeah. it to four. episode four to episode five. You can definitely tell the difference. Oh yeah. In- even like you see Harrison Ford's acting in it's Empire Strikes Back is is Way like better. he's a completely different person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like did you recast him with a guy that looks exactly the same? <laughs> he's an incredible actor. Yeah. yeah. Like, did, did Harrison Ford die and then you just like cloned him? Like what yeah. happened? Harrison Ford, man, that's an example of a guy who didn't you know had humble beginnings starting out and then just like really really kicks ass as an actor oh yeah like and uh, he's still a really good cool dude like like, he, like he's still himself yeah i love that mm-hmm. so anyway um you don't <laughs> what are your thoughts on harrison ford Tony? Not, nothing <laughs> yeah and thirdly do you find that your vision for the film sometimes changes once you're actually on set filming or is that a rare occurrence always Always. <laughs> Every yeah. single Always. time. The, 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 the movie that's written is never the movie that's shot. Yeah. And the movie that's shot is never the movie that's edited. Yep. It's a completely different experience every time. And, yeah. and I think that's part of the process of it production. Is. You just kind of have like happy accidents or things that happen. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, this seems to be working well. Let's let's roll with the punches. Or it doesn't. And you have to find a way to adapt. That yeah. That's filmmaking, man. Yeah, that it's happened. a common saying in Hollywood where uh, you... When you do a movie, you end up with three mo- like three stories. The mm-hmm. one that you wrote, the one you shot, and the one you edited. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Editing is like the final draft of the yeah. scripts. <laughs> yeah. It really is, man. Um, I mean, that was a pretty simple question. Thanks for the question, Sarash. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Totes appreciate. All right. Uh, Richard Carrillo asks, do you ever find or do you ever have problems with your friends not trying when filming? Like... When I filmed last week, I got almost nothing done because as soon as my friends got together, one decided to walk his dog, and then a bunch of them want, went to McDonald's, and I was left there alone with my camera. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Did you have similar problems when you started? Danny? Uh... <laughs> I'm the only one. You guys kind of you guys kind of uh, came into this, mm-hmm. but I've been doing this since I was 15. 
Uh, and yes, absolutely, I've had that problem. We have never had that problem. Yeah, Ismahawk because, has never had that problem. No, no, yeah, because everybody here is is devoted and wants to be here. <clears throat> like uh, when I was in high school and trying to get my friends to make a movie, it was like pulling teeth, bro. It was. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time we were shooting a, a, a short, and we were shooting at my job, which was uh, I was a shift manager at a uh, at a game crazy. And uh, which was attached to a Hollywood video, if you had one of those. Wow. Oh, wow. Hollywood yeah. video. Yeah, 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 Hollywood yeah. video was tight, dude. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, my boss let us shoot in there, and but we only had like a limited amount of time because we had to shoot after the store was closed. And, uh, and my friends just kept on dicking around. And like uh, they kept flirting with their girlfriends. And I was like, bro. Let's just shoot this scene. And like, why are you getting so mad, dude? And I'm like, getting mad because I'm trying to make this movie and you said you'd help me and you guys are just dicking around. So yes, I've absolutely had that problem that you just need to find the right people and the right people will find you if you keep doing what you're doing. Even when you're first starting out in film school, I know at UNLV, same thing. Because yeah. it's like that freshman syndrome where yeah. it's like you don't give a damn about anything and you're just hanging around. Oh, maybe I'll try this out. Because... This is why you don't make movies with your friends who are just friends and not film people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% like, agree. you got to surround yourself with I love how you 100% like degree, uh, agree with that, but neither you or Tony were film people <laughs> before you came into this. Well, well I have a story. There was, um, when, I was, when I was going to school for, for audio, there was this class called DA3, Digital Audio 3. Mm-hmm. And the whole goal of the entire class was to uh, redo the entire sound for one film. Mm-hmm. All people in the class, one project, uh, one grade at the end of the day. And so... Uh, wow. Yeah, it, it was intense. It was intense. Um, like camping. And this was, uh, this was around the time where I was like maturing and my frontal cortex was developing. And I was like, oh, I want to be like, you know, synergistic and part of a, a team that works hard and stuff like that. So um, we, I, I set a vision for what I wanted to do, which was work hard, create something that was awesome. And I uh, communicated that vision to everyone, and we're all like, yeah, you know, let's do it, let's do it, come on. And uh, we knew that it was going to take a lot of work, because, I mean, to kind of give some context, uh, ever since the school has been open, no one has completed the project. Like, they passed the class uh, with, you know, passing grade, but the project has never been finished. So that's what we were setting out to do. And, um, man, like, some people just aren't aren't part of the game, you know? Like, even in school, you know, there's just some guys who just... Some people simply lack conviction. Yeah. And that's really it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there I was able to get, like, some of my closer audio friends to, like, you know, be serious about it. Mm -hmm. And so, at the end of the day, when we were the first class in the history of that school to complete the project, like, we're like, yeah, you know, know, we're the first ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Making history. But uh, some people just, I guess... They just kind of like flake off. And just didn't care. Yeah, yeah. It just I mean, that's the problem. Is that that this is a tough industry to make it in. It is one of the hardest industries in the world because it's so competitive, and everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to be involved in making movies. It's a very, uh, it's a very flamboyant like career to be a part of. I mean, it's a very, uh, it's risky, man. It's, it's risky. It's it, not, really is. it is not a steady paycheck, uh-uh. and, and it never will be. You have to. You have to. You really have to fight if you want to be a that's, part of this industry. Well, yeah, that's just a great way to to uh, depict it, you know, or describe it as fight. <laughs> it's a constant battle. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's a sometimes it's a battle to stay awake. I feel like yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a battle to get out of bed. For the me. battle is the battle is not just against other people though. It's it's against yourself. It's against yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to be. 
if you're out there and you want to do this, then you need to be hungry. You need to be hungrier than the guy next to you. Mm-hmm. And as Will Smith says, you know, if uh, if he's running on a treadmill and you're running on a treadmill, he'll you'll either get off the treadmill first or he will die. That oh. needs to be your perspective. Is that is that you won't give up? You can't give up because if you do, then what do you have left? As, uh, what's the point? Yeah, what's up, the point? Yeah, it really is. Up. As the great Miley Cyrus once said, it's the climb. Yeah, no, I mean, you're the, not the, wrong. The, the late great Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I wouldn't call her late or great, but you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did she get nominated for that? Nothing. She got nominated. I don't know how it's wrong. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Look it up. Ben Wellington asks, do you guys get angry with each other on set? And if so, how do you cool off and get back to work? And then Austin chimes in with, oh, great question, LOL. You just got to <laughs> start swinging. You just gotta, <laughs> see, here's the thing. We actually, we have a designated area in every shoot where if somebody gets into an argument, there's a little, like, uh, Jeremy Gaff tapes a square, and then we just go beat the living crap. <laughs> and whoever, but we don't touch each other's face and or hair. Ne- never the face or hair. And whoever, whoever is the last man standing... Uh, with the, the argument. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and there have been arguments uh, where it's been all four of us, and uh, it was and, tough. You know, it was tough. <laughs> Some battle royale. Yeah, battle royale shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I win every single time. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it was actually uh, like a. And this, guys, mind you, this is only a you know four foot by four foot square. So we have to get creative with how we hit each other. Yeah, there's a lot of martial arts. It's a lot of close range. CQC. CQC. A lot of ducking. A lot of ducking. (laughs) A lot of dodging. (laughs) A lot of dipping. A lot of diving. I always, I always uh, go for uh, to kick Tony in the nuts as soon as possible. (laughs) Get the biggest one out first. Yeah, you can't do that with Noel, though. He doesn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a eunuch, you guys. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Luckily, Oscar's never been... Uh, he's only been on uh, I, I just record two everything. Sets. I just record the sound for everything. <laughs> a a lot of two sets, we just happen to get along. Yeah. I, I remember we got a lot of comments of the, the, uh, the, the punches and the kicks in, in Deadpool. All of that was from that 4 by 4 square. <laughs> all of it was yeah, real. Yeah. We yeah, were not acting. Not <laughs> acting. All right, now to stop being jerks and actually answer your question. Uh, I, I can only honestly recall one time there was a fight on set, and it was me and Tony, and mm-hmm. it was a misunderstanding, and, uh, and it was like late at night. We and were both exhausted. This was three years ago. Yeah, we were both exhausted. It was uh, the... And what matter? What happened doesn't really matter. Yeah, no. The it, the context of the story, you should just realize we were both at our wits end mentally. Yeah, and we snapped at each other. But that's the only time it's ever happened. Mm-hmm. It's never happened since then. That was three years ago. The thing is, is when we go on a set, we understand that uh, we understand like what we're doing before mm-hmm. we get on set. Yeah. Everybody is aware of their job. Everyone's we all aware have a of mission. what. Yeah, everyone's aware of what the story is. Everyone's aware of. Uh, like tasks are delegated to everyone, and uh, and the thing is, is we're we're rational adults. Me and Tony are a lot more <laughs> cool headed than we were a few years ago, hmm. um, and that we are able to convey. Uh, like uh, I was just saying, me and Jeremy, if there's ever like uh, a disagreement about like a shot, Jeremy's like, I think we should shoot it this way, and I'm like, okay, or I think we should shoot it this way, and I'm like, I, I think we should shoot it this way because mm-hmm. that's always something you guys want to do too. Yeah, I feel like if as long as everyone's committed to the end goal, which is to make the best quality product possible, to make dope shit, then like Steve Jobs said, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, best best shit. idea wins. Best idea wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I have this idea, even though I have some emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't work. So let's let's go you with know, the other guys. What's idea. interesting though, like it's good to have that mentality, and actually you should always have that mentality of uh, just collaborating because mm-hmm. it's a collaborative industry. But when you do actually work in the industry, sometimes things can be a little different because like someone will show up on set and they won't be game. Mm-hmm. They or they'll have a bad day and they'll just kind of take it out on other people on set. At that point, the best way to get through it. It's funny because. A lot, you realize this happens a lot more than, you know, often. More often than not. More often than not. (laughs) Wow, my brain just died. You're you're okay. You're right. Uh, Way to save the day. You change your instinct to say F you to okay, great. So instead (laughs) of saying F you, say okay, great. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, great. So repeat after me. Okay, great. It's it's really important. I I feel like especially in the independent you know, uh, mentality. If you are, if you, if somebody's paying you, you know, $50 million for a movie, a hundred million, 200 million, 300 million for a movie, then, you know, uh, the director is usually the one in charge to make the final say. Um, but, uh, at, at the independent level, you want to be able to collaborate. Now there's always the one thing that I have to say, just because we've learned from, uh, plenty of experiences, you always have to delegate a final decision maker that, at the end of the day, one mm-hmm. person needs to make the final decision, no matter how hard it gets. Um, there has to be a hard line of the ladder of command. There has to be one yeah. final decision of delegation that says no. Like what you said about Steve Jobs, yes, best idea wins. But if Steve knows something, Steve knows it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that was just yeah. there's a reason know, he's up top. Yeah, yeah. and there, there was a reason why Steve was who he was because he knew it. Yeah. So, so in Ismahawk, who's that final decision maker? Danny. Danny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew that. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but, question. but the, the thing is, is that be that as it may, if somebody disagrees with an idea I have and has a good reason behind it, I always back oh, that yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, always open to yeah. suggestion and help. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I feel like, like we're always working together. I always send you guys ideas and you're like, oh, do you like that? Nope, don't like it. All right, yeah. moving on. Yeah, I we, like that idea a lot, but if you guys don't like it, then clearly... Two out, of, two out of four people don't like it, so Throughout the that's process for me to, of yep. every video, specifically Deadpool and Green Arrow, because there was a lot... The editing was tricky. He was always sending us clips, always sending us like visual effects. He's like, what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of this? <laughs> or how about this? Is, is this good? Does this work? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're, we're kind of touching on the idea of like just constantly getting and giving feedback to yeah, one another as a team. Because even like when I was doing my audio mixes, like I, would, I was contacting you because yeah. I didn't know you guys too well yet uh, in the beginning. It's like, hey, can you send this out to your crew, see what they like? Because we've been working on it, you know. Oh, yeah. We've been picking at it, mm-hmm. and so we just needed, like, a, a fresh kind of, um, right. kind of fresh view eye. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great thing to touch on, too. Sometimes, you know, we always talk about when you, you know, color correct. It's really hard. When you're sitting in front of footage, you start to see colors that aren't there. <laughs> And yeah. even people who aren't colorblind, you know, we like to give Danny and Jeremy a hard time, but <laughs> there's are times at you're day, staring dude. at a computer, you're like, is that purple? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when yeah. I am. So it's really good to get someone, just grab someone, say, what do you think of this? I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if they knew film, if they were film people, <laughs> mm-hmm. but if, I mean, you have to grab to, your mom or your dad, you know, oh, like, yeah. hey, what is it? Does this look like? Yeah, look, it's red. It's red. The entire shot is red. Oh, I don't see that at all. I can't Thank see you. any shapes. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to get fresh eyes and yeah. fresh ears, guys. Always. Yeah, there's... Uh, I listen to a lot of audio podcasts, so there's like <clears throat> all these people that are in California working on big shows on CW. Um, nice. They uh, they have to turn out a high-quality episode weekly. 
And yep. from, from pre-production to post-production, like, they have to make sure everything is, like, on point. Tip top. And mm-hmm. so it, it, after, like, going in detail, I won't go into detail <laughs> here, but it, it's always about feedback and working with, like, a big team and having those, uh, those lines of communication cleared out through everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, it's a collaborative medium. And if you want to make uh, shorts, fan films, etc., uh, like uh, some something actual cinematic mm-hmm. and Hollywood esque, like the first thing that you need to learn how to do is collaborate, and also I think draw the draw the right lines. And that goes know? back to Srosh's question too about um, getting good content out there and marketing yourself. One of the best marketing best marketing tools is collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If like, they have a bigger channel than you and they want to work with you and you do better than they do, it, it's going to show. Like Vanilla I said, stop, collaborate, and listen. Thank you, No, <laughs> I'm not wrong, though. I'm just no, an he's, asshole. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> just not a douche. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why don't you pull a question from Facebook, Noel? All right, so I got one from your girl, Lauren Yvonne. Oh, you girl. Okay, when you look back at your old work, is it cringeworthy or does it just bring back fun <laughs> memories that in the end helped you with your future videos? Oh, man. Pretty much everything is cringeworthy for me. I don't know. <laughs> so even, like, even Deadpool and Green Arrow? Well, not lately. Like, it's funny because I feel like we've gotten to the point where we're getting to the level we thought we were at because <laughs> <laughs> like, we're finally as good as we thought we were <laughs> like we we come up with these ideas it's like oh yeah it's gonna be so cool if we do this and get that shot and it looks like this okay cool we finish it it's like well, I guess it's alright and we just put it up because we already what, did it what happened Something happened that it wasn't how I saw it in my head. Yeah, exactly. See, which is what funny because I, wrong? I literally was just talking about this yesterday. Yeah. I told you guys, like, I'm literally doing exactly what I usually do every time when I shoot. But for some better. reason, every video just keeps looking better. Like, how is that even possible? Well, first, I'm not even going to say our equipment's better because we've been shooting on the GH4 for three videos. And, yeah. this, and so far, Flash versus Quicksilver looks the prettiest out of all of them. It's like a video game. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's literally what I've been doing. All like it, I'm making the same decisions I would make like a few months ago. At least I think so. I think, I think it's just you're becoming more astute with things. Like uh, There's a shot in Flash versus Quicksilver where uh, Flash is about to do a move that I'm not going to tell you what the move is. <laughs> and Jeremy like... Does this really sweet like pan mid move oh, and God, like moves so forward sick, and around? Dude. And it's just like it, it's just your. Uh, I, I feel like it's the technique is becoming more, more second nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to where you're just like you're just doing it and you're not thinking about it and you're getting the shot every time. You're finding out it's like a puzzle. You're finding out which movements. And angles and lighting decisions are right for each moment, and that's why everything's starting to look. You know, we're that's finally starting yeah. to be as good as we thought we were. <laughs> that's interesting because uh, I've heard a lot of people say that for, especially for cinematography. I mean, it applies to all other departments as well. Mm-hmm. You prepare yourself as best as possible, and you try and just have everything ready yeah. like you yeah. know what you you know all the techniques and you have the foundation when you're actually shooting that's just you using that foundation to make decisions on the fly yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah you do prep the shoot to an extent <clears throat> but like you never know what's going to happen on set and or how things are going to turn mm-hmm. out so you just have to be prepared and really like the final product is your is a testament to how well you can adapt to changes yeah. well yeah i mean we did a previs 
uh, that's basically we shot the fight scene before visual effects just to get the angles. Pre-visualization. Pre-visualization. Um, and we did that before we got on set. And then as we were shooting, Jeremy's like, I don't like this anymore. And then completely changed up the method he was shooting that same shot. And the final result is is 10 times better and yeah. more dynamic and more visually interesting than it was mm-hmm. before. And, like, you started playing around with focus and stuff like that. And it, it's, like, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I'm hoping that you guys have never seen anything like these Flash Quicksilver fight. Oh, man. Because I, I, I'm not trying to hype it up or anything. I'm just, like, I'm really, we just got off set. We shot, you know, two parts of the video this week. And, mm-hmm. uh. And so far, I'm very, I'm very proud of the work we're doing. It looks, uh, from what I saw on set when I was assistant director, it was, uh, it was kind of surreal in a way. I was like, "That is really a shot that Jeremy just shot." Okay, uh, okay, <laughs> got it. Moving Damn. on. Yeah. And I didn't really yeah, have yeah. time to just be like, "Yeah," I just had to. We had to go. You're right. People came yeah. up to us and thought our actor for Quicksilver or for yeah. Flash <laughs> was, was Grant Gustin. Was Grant Gustin mm-hmm. and tried to get autographs. Yeah, we had a, yeah, and they were well, lining thing, up. Yeah, they had a, we had a line. We had people uh, standing around watching us. We had a few tourists who were English that were just like, "That's Flash." Oh, oh look, it's Flash. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Flash. Then they're they're totally on vacation. They stop what yeah. they're doing to watch us. We were film. shooting at like a tourist heavy location, yeah, so that's like awesome. people were passing by all the time. Yeah, man, people passing by, but not pe- somewhere where people lingered. So yeah. you don't really see yeah. anybody in the background, but. Mm-hmm. There was that point toward the end of the shoot where there was literally just maybe 15, 20 people off to the side in the desert just watching us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. I think it's they were from, like they're holding their phones or like the cameras just zooming in really yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. it, it blows it blo- seriously like this part blows my mind is uh is like some Instagram accounts are posting, "Oh, uh Ezra Miller, Miller Ezra on Miller. set of Suicide Squad." It's like you guys are so uh, do no, you even just... do your research to find out what it is that you're posting about where you just posted up? Like, you don't even think... You're, <laughs> that's funny. You're just, like, that just trying funny. to get traffic to your site. Like, that's just... Uh, your loss, our gain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't know it's us. So, but, going back to Lauren's question, she asked, uh, is it ever cringeworthy? Yes. This is speaking strictly from an acting point, and I've talked to Danny and Tony about this before. Uh, I am never satisfied with the performance I have. Oh, yeah. Never. Same here. So on, Same here. Sa- on mm-hmm. set, if I see a playback, so, I'm never never satisfied. Anytime I watch Nightwing. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same Anytime I, I actually, I don't like watching myself on camera. I don't. It's Jeremy seems, knows that. I don't. Seems like the case with most actors. I don't. I don't I, enjoy I do. it. I, and the only reason I do is think of it like a, I like listening to my audio. I don't like listening. I like listening to my cues within my lines and my script. But do you so do I can you, review it? I don't like. I don't really necessarily enjoy watching myself on camera. Maybe but, I like uh, if it's a dramatic role. Yes. If it's a superhero role, not so much. So. um... Having said that, do you still do you still watch yourself even though you oh, don't I like have it? To, I make myself okay. Good. Yeah. Good. That, yeah. Just because I don't like watching myself doesn't mean I'm not. I feel going like to it's very myself. important to watch yourself uh, when you act, and I think you. I can re- I can draw an analogy to football. When you're watching your your performance on the field, you have to improve. You have to oh, see yeah. what mm-hmm. you did wrong, what what you can, what you did right, what what you should stop doing, what you should. Oh yeah, no, well, I, I learned that early on because when you play football and you play sports, you actually watch as a team. Exactly. So you mess up. Mm-hmm. Your coach calls you out in front of you know hundred guys. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, what was that? That was terrible. Don't do that again. <laughs> Got it. And then he'll tell you what not to do and how to do it better. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same. It goes you know it's the same thing. Yeah, and to to go along with that analogy, like if you're a football player and you're actually in the game, obviously you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you know, running with your limited vision, mm-hmm. and then trying to like get yourself outside of that perspective and see like 
visualizing exactly you just got to visualize it better is all and and it goes to show you know what danny and jeremy were talking about uh, just a second ago is is about just fine-tuning what you already know how to do yeah mm-hmm. maybe maybe just taking a little bit more time to look at the smaller details and with superboy that is a terrible performance by me and i hate <laughs> watching it but i have to watch it i have to make myself watch it because because it's on I youtube yeah it's on youtube <laughs> and i don't want to do it again I don't want mm-hmm. to do that performance again because it wasn't it wasn't par for me, right. it wasn't even close. So you you, you guys learn, and it's an awesome thing called books. Yeah, read Book. as a creative, read. you need to be able to look at your work. Yeah, mm-hmm. to you improve. have to. Yeah, and you have to look at it with a fresh eye. You have to. You have to be like, okay, this is not me right now. I'm pulling myself out of my situation and watching this like it's the first time I've ever seen it. Am do am I convinced? As an actor, at least, is this person in front of me who is me, but is not me? Are you convinced that it is that character? Yeah, I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You have to. So then, are you convinced that you played Green Arrow really well? Green Arrow, um, Green Arrow, and Deadpool. Uh, I think because of the directing. When I have good direction, I am a completely different actor. You were talking about Harrison Ford, and it just goes to show you guys when when an actor has a good director, it is a completely different, or different director performance. that he respects. Oh yeah, or that just that alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like a completely different person, and I I do think so. I think the direction. I mean, the directors were the same on. All three of those projects on Superboy, <laughs> on Deadpool, and on Green Arrow. Yes, yes, and yes, but I wasn't a not really actor yet. Not really, because no. even no. though we were the same people, we didn't have the same diff- skill set. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're completely different people now. Uh, just, oh. No, where did you go? Noel's oh. gone. Oh my god! I have no. his microphone, guys. <laughs> I have his microphone. No, I had to go to work, guys. Sorry, this is the only time we could have recorded. Yep. Um. Next question. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wait. What do you? What do you? How do you feel about that? Are you, we, you didn't chime in. Oh yeah, I, I cringe at everything that we do. Um, <laughs> the, the only things I don't really cringe at are Deadpool and Green Arrow because I think they're the most recent, and I think that those videos are were put together in a way. I feel like we just had the resources we needed to make them the way that we wanted to make them. We had an amazing composer. We had an amazing sound guy. We had. Uh, we had, you know, amazing performances from you and Noel and uh, you and Kilborn. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, uh, the costumes fit the characters. I'd probably redo the Deadpool costume uh, next time around, but uh, I was pretty proud of, of Hawkeye and Green Arrow, and uh, and they just feel like you know we we every everything was firing on all cylinders. Like Jeremy was nailing it. Uh, you know, though with the smoke machine, <laughs> Deadpool and Green Arrow. Like I, I still cringe. <laughs> With the sound side yeah. of things, yeah. see, like when I look at my footage, I still cringe, but everything else is awesome. So the foot, the final film itself, I like, but my work on it is still mm. because when I shoot something, I look at it and compare it to um, Roger Deakins. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you geez, can't really compare it to that. Jeez, <laughs> <but>, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, like I compare it to what other people do. In my line of work. Exactly. Like, my the people that I look up to and the, people's, the people whose work that I admire, because then that's where I want to be. So you have to look ahead to be able to see where you need to go. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, when I'm, look, when I'm hearing the sounds and I look it over again, I'm like, man. And then I, <laughs> and then I hear the Avengers movie and I'm like, 
Dang. What, what exactly. did they like, do? Well, there's a gap between where I'm at and what I want to achieve. Like, exactly. How do I close that gap? You know, See, how do I... They have, I mean... Stay like, hungry. Yeah. But you also have to take in consideration that they have entire teams. Like, I look at the visual effects for some of these movies, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man I wish I could do visual effects like that. I can't. Like, it's just not in the realm of possibility because... And that's not being, like, pessimistic, uh... At all, it's actually. I feel like it's actually an optimistic point of view because I understand what my limitations are and I understand how far I can push those. Yeah, because yeah. you they have, have to know a how to army of people. You need to know how to scale it down. Yeah, yeah. If all you're just frustrated, you're not going to really. How to anywhere. scale it down, but get the same exact effect from your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You need a uh, the the point of of film in general uh, is to evoke an emotion. And that's why even with minute matchups, that's why we kind of try to showcase the personality of the characters mm-hmm. and bring a lot of humor into it. So at least you're you're getting that that emotion. I feel like if we were very stuffy and serious, like videos like this don't have as much mm-hmm. uh, uh, impact because it's you know they're it's lost on people. Well, yeah, you you're, you're not you're not getting engaged. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like the action is really could be you know really cool, but. Uh, I feel like going the humor route that we're going is is something humor that, is a lot easier to uh, digest and digest digest yeah <laughs> especially at our level right now in short if, term like short form media yeah mm-hmm. if you want to go serious that's like a whole different ballpark yeah which and, that's that's what I compare myself to mm-hmm. when I <clears throat> obviously it, it obviously depends always on the performance and the character like for instance Deadpool. I completely compared myself to Ryan Reynolds because I had to, because mm. he has set the bar. You know, you're talking about cinematographers that set the bar in their craft. Ryan Reynolds has set the bar in that snarky, mm-hmm. prickly humor. Yeah. yeah. So I had to try to find a way. I also kind of mix a little bit of Jim Carrey in that as too, as well. But that's what I. Tr- you have to you have to find people that evoke emotion in your own life and try to do the exact same thing. Not the exact same thing. But try to evoke that same emotion, mm-hmm. and I, I always used to. I was used to in sports. I used, I used to never compare myself, but when I became an actor, I have to. <laughs> Pablo Picasso had a uh, a very famous quote saying that uh, a good artist copies, uh, but a great artist steals, and oh, well. the meaning of which, and which actually Steve Jobs, going back to him, he actually uh, was a. Uh, a firm believer in that quote is that everything is a remix. Everything is building upon something else. <clears throat> um, everything is everything is uh, uh, built upon something else. So you don't, nothing is original. Nothing is built in a vacuum. Uh, nothing. So anytime you see something, it's because you're adapting it from something something else, which is totally okay because. The only the only way that human society in general has been able to progress as much as it has is because of building on the creations, uh, the Previous. technology, the the art the art from prior generations. That's the only reason that our art has been able to move the way that it has is constantly building upon itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I would say that uh, that if you see work that you like, see work that you're proud of, and this is for acting, this is for cinematography, this is for directing, this is for costume design, this is for music, this is for anything, as long as you're not plagiarizing, that's not what that quote means, for the record. That's not what that quote means. <laughs> not at all. Do not plagiarize, guys, please. Plagiarism <laughs> is, is very different. But to to take an idea and then 
basically put your own spin on that idea and change that idea so much that it becomes something completely different and becomes something distinctly your own. Take what you like, leave what, leave the rest. <clears throat> leave the rest. Take what you like, leave the rest, and add more stuff that you like, and then that's how you make it inherently Yours. your own thing. Yep. So yeah. big yeah. budget Hollywood movies are literally just indie movies on steroids. Because yep. <laughs> if you look at all their processes for making the actual film, it's literally just smaller ideas, like concepts that you learn in film school or whatever, or just like even on YouTube channels, like little tips and tricks. It's just bigger scale. That's mm-hmm. why it's so expensive because it's a lot bigger. Yeah, uh, yeah. another example of, of that idea of um, of stealing and making it your own is uh, the Jurassic Park. You know, mm-hmm. no one knew what, no one knows what a dinosaur really sounds like. But the sound oh, team that worked on that movie, such a good example, worked dude. so hard to specify what a raptor sounds like, what a T Rex sounds like, yeah. a Dilophosaurus, yeah. what they sound like. Just a bunch and, of bird and, sounds. <laughs> exactly. And, and now you you look at any dinosaur movie, and they're all <clears throat> trying to imitate that original sound off mm-hmm. of Jurassic because Park. Because Jurassic Park set the bar. They set yeah. the bar. Yeah. Jurassic yeah. Park set the bar. Sometimes you got to reset the bar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the the video series. Everything is a remake. I uh, love. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, a four-part four yeah. series. Yeah. Everything's a remix. 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 Yeah, there everything's a remix. Guys, check that out. It's basically saying, it's like, awesome. like, Thomas Edison was only able to create the light bulb because of, like... Nikola Tesla. Yeah, and then, and then he was only able to do it because this guy's work and this guy's work. And it's, like, it's down the line of all these people who kind of discovered or created this little, tiny, little thing... And then they just kept on, hey, what if I took that little tiny thing and did this made with it? a little bit and bigger. what yeah. if I took this tiny little thing and did this thing? And then what if I made this tiny little thing and then put it in the, inside of a piece of glass and then plugged it into power? And it's like, oh, crap, this is a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when I saw those candle. videos, I was like, oh, Ladies and gentlemen, boom, that's how a light bulb was made. Explosion. The light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good series, good series. It's a great series. Everybody <laughs> check out Everything is a Remix. If you're, if you're creative, if you're, if you're an artist... I feel like there's a stigma saying, oh, you need to come up with something super original and personal to yourself. doesn't but exist. It doesn't exist, guys. We've been, uh, the human race has been around for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, someone else has made it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, someone sorry. Has, I'm sorry, but it's just. Someone has done it first. Actually, I'm not sorry, because you can do it better. I mean, you can do it different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Think different. Steve yeah. Jobs. Boom. <laughs> uh, let's answer some uh, some other questions. Um, Jason Hales, this is a great question for you, Jer, uh, and you as well, Oscar. <clears throat> if you if all you have to use if all you have to use to make a short film is an iPhone, is that a legit way to make a film that will work? Should you get uh, should you get a separate way to record sound? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes, you should get a separate way to record sound, but as the, far as using an iPhone goes, it's better than what I started out oh with. Oh my gosh. The the technology we have nowadays is crazy. An it's iPhone crazy. 6S and iPhone 6S Plus has and, 4K ability. And yeah. so accessible. Uh, my professors always tell me that your best camera is the one you always have with you, which is your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can... You also have to plan around your limitations. Yeah. So you really just—it's really just you figuring out how to do your job with what you have. Yeah. Whenever I take video, for whatever reason, I always just kind of like cup my hand a little bit so that the microphone kind of gathers in that area. Mm-hmm. But um, but even in, uh, on top of that, there was a, an event that I was going to, and this guy had an, an iPhone because he was documenting the event, mm-hmm. and he had a little like motorized gimbal. 
yeah. to, to keep it steady. It costs like nice. 50 bucks on Amazon or something wow. like that. Exactly. Dude, gimbals are so dope. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dang, that's... See, <laughs> if you just have an iPhone and you're in a noisy location and you can't hear any of the sound, uh, plan around that. Like, yeah. make a silent film and do voiceover. Oh, yeah. And or also... record your, your audio in post. post. It's not mm-hmm. ideal, but it is yeah. an option. It's called well, every camera has audio tech, uh, you know, audio capability. So as long as you have yeah. audio while you're, you're shooting... You have a reference. There's, yeah, there's your yeah, reference you have a right reference, there. And then, like, if you have dialogue in your short, you... Uh, it's called ADR. You can explain a little more about that. So ADR is a beautiful but hateful thing. Yeah, I hate ADR. But we always, it always seems like we have to do it. The the only reason um, it's hateful is because you're trying to reenact the performance of the actor without having them in in their suit in their environment. So it takes take yeah, after take after it's, take. So after take. why do we have to do ADR? Because if uh, the dialogue is off, I, I feel like nothing else matters. In the film, yeah. If the so, di- when you're recording on set, uh, you're filming a scene, and the audio that you got, you recorded on set, just isn't usable. Then you have to use ADR, which, yeah, for the record, isn't always the the sound guy's fault. In fact, it rarely is. It rarely the, is. Yeah. The fault lies in your background. For us, mm-hmm. independent film, like we can't just. For for instance, we were shooting at the Mob Museum uh, for uh, for. Uh, Flash versus Quicksilver, and they have music playing outside, oh, and there's nothing we could do to turn it off. Mm-hmm. So we're like, at one point, we're like, all right, let's get the reference audio, but we're going to have to do all this in ADR mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, there was music playing, and, and we couldn't say, we're not nothing paying we can for do the about location. It. Yeah, so there's nothing yeah. we can do about yeah. it. Do, it doesn't matter how close I got it with the microphone, you can hear it in also, the background. Yeah, Green Arrow versus Hawkeye had to be all ADR, too, because the generator we needed to power our lights... Uh, was super loud. So it was loud. Just like loud hum where you're just like. Deadpool was the fog machines. Fog machines. Oh yeah. Yeah. De- I actually left that some of that in there, and and it worked out quite well. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Deadpool actually was a little bit easier for you <laughs> in the way that like Tony didn't have a mask on, but also we didn't have any reference audio for you. <laughs> we we cheated. Like, Do yeah. it, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, Tony had a mask. The other Deadpool didn't talk. So, so wait, did <laughs> yeah. we? Did you did? Did you do the effects of the eyes first, and then I? That was my point of reference, and my, for my head movement, or was it just head movement? Oh no, you did your performance, and then you did visual. Then effects. you did your ADR, and then you did visual, and effects. then I did visual effects because I couldn't remember because. Yeah. We, yeah, so it was just head movement. It was just my body movement that I was going off of. So, yeah. guys, when you do ADR, you have to find, you know, he... So I was looking at your... We were also looking at uh, the slight okay. movements in your jaw because mm-hmm. you could kind of see your... So, we... I, the, the dialogue you said in ADR was different than the dialogue you had Yeah, no, because yeah. well, we there was a few takes where we tried different things on set. So, mm-hmm. what I said on set was different. I might have... I actually think at least once or twice within... Uh, the original uh, dialogue, I actually did say it on set, but some of those uh, some of those takes weren't good enough for the final cut. Yeah, there there was a couple of happy accidents with that ADR session we mm-hmm. had for for your Deadpool. Um, like like what was one? When, when, when you're on the yeah. when you're on the floor and and you just got knocked by the laser. And, and got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually so the first. <laughs> The first grunt was actually a burp <laughs> in between a line. He was, was supposed. Like, the line was supposed to be 
oh, I thought you were just an alternate skin. Yeah, that was and a lot. And then line. he kind of like, <laughs> like burped halfway through the line, and I was like, oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was awesome. And, and then uh, the beginning line before, um, as you pull out the guns, uh, we changed that also because. Yes. Uh, we realized that the other line that you said in the ADR session just seemed to, to yeah. kind of work better. Yeah, it was just, I mean, you know, you have that option when a character has a mask on. You don't have that option when you have to match it up to the character, to the actor's lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dialogue is, is very important sometimes. It's more import- It's important, but it, it's just difficult because, yeah. you know, you're ripping out the, the audio, yeah. the performance yeah. you know, outside of the environment. In conclusion, it's, not, it's usually not your equipment. It's you. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you have, you because your equipment is just there to record everything that's happening. Like it can't decipher it's between a what's like a microphone. It's if a, a microphone is yeah. there, it literally just picks up what's there. A uh, mm-hmm. camera, same thing. So it's your job to finesse everything into that zone. Basically. Oh, and by the way, um, if if you know if you have an iPhone and someone else has an iPhone, there are um, third-party extensions for microphones that will go into your jack mm-hmm. that you can have. I know Sure just mm-hmm. made one. Um, I think it's I think Rode it's like, has one. Yeah, Rode has one. I think it's actually so it's a stereo. It's a two-way, and you can mm-hmm. actually within the settings on your application, you can actually set what you want your dimensions to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know and what? also for the video, yeah. there's uh, like apps like uh, Video Film Mic Pro or something mm-hmm. like Film that. Film Mic Pro. There you go, where you can like adjust yeah. the exposure. Or there's the a focus. new one that just came out called VHS Cam, which makes your yeah. footage mm-hmm. looks like v- That's cool. old VHS footage. Oh. So make your really cool, like that. Yeah. He did that on you my know, birthday. You know, when dinner. we started out, we didn't have recording gear, so we literally just used our iPhones and put it in our shirt pockets, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's it. Like, we didn't even have any attachments for it at all. Rode yeah. Smart Lav, plug it into your phone. You actually have a lav that you can put on your actors mm-hmm. when you can't uh, boom a shot. So, yeah, there, there's lots of solutions out there. You just it, got to find them. It's 2015. We have a lot of toys to play with, guys. Yep. So, so yeah, there's really uh, no excuse for not making high-quality content. One last question before we uh, close it out. This is a common question, but I'm going to... Uh, just read off. Uh, Patrick Costello asks, start a YouTube channel. I'm a singer and I want to sing songs, but I want to be able to cover songs without getting into trouble. As far as copyright goes, you know, man, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous game. And unless it's, it's under parody, uh, there's really no surefire way to make sure that you don't get in trouble or you... Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, there's no way to avoid it and there's no way to not, not avoid it. You know? I, I have looked into this Technically, it is illegal, but because the YouTube world is so vast and so wide, there's not people going around like looking for these videos specifically where mm-hmm. people are doing cover songs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. For cover music, when you're first starting out, it seems to be the trend where you just do whatever you want up until the point where you get someone's attention and you mm-hmm. get partnered with a network on YouTube. And then when you do that, the network will have a library of songs that you can cover legally and just start there. Yeah, and if you are a network and MCN is trying to, uh, to, which is a multi-channel network, is trying to uh, sign you on, find out what their, what their library is before signing anything. Mm-hmm. And if they say they won't show you until you're signed on, then don't sign on because <laughs> they might not have anything good. You know, when it comes to copyright for songs, those, that is one of the best ways to get yourself in trouble unfortunately it just really and un, with covers it, i don't usually see that i don't really ever see like people getting in a bunch of trouble for it it's when they it's, actually use the song it's the actual song like for instance like when we do the reaction channel and like we're reacting to a video that's already been posted i will get a copyright 
um, claim claim because that song that they used, like Steve Cardinal's uh, Wrecking Ball, Chat mm-hmm. Roulette. Guys, watch that reaction. It's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> he uses Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball because he's doing Chat Roulette with it. Mm-hmm. And we, I got a copyright claim, and we're reacting to a video that's already been published. So when it's the exact original song that was recorded by the artist, yes. If you're covering it, there shouldn't be an issue. Because when you're covering a song, you're basically doing a rendition of your of basically of someone else's yeah. writing. You just can't make money off of it. <clears throat> yeah, you can't monetize it. Mm-hmm. So another uh, another thing that I kind of want to address, like one of the more common questions in the feed here is like how to start a YouTube channel. I wouldn't really like starting a, a, a music channel is different than starting a film channel, but it's also not in the same way. Yeah. It'd be a lot that, easier yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, Starting a YouTube channel and chime in here, guys. Uh, if it's any channel and you're just trying to get started, it's just something you're just trying to do. Consistency is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Get your channel up there. Make sure your banner looks nice. Make sure your thumbnail looks nice. Make sure everything that you do is high quality. From the very beginning, make sure that everything looks good. And don't start until everything looks good. That would be my recommendation just because... You want to put your best foot forward, and people are always going to look back at your previous work. I mean, there's tons of videos on our channel that we are just not proud of at all, but they get views, and so we leave them up. And people like them, so we leave them up. But it's not work that we're proud of, not work that we like. Yeah. Um, so you always want to start off putting, doing the best you can. Granted, that was the best we could do at the time, mm-hmm. and, uh, but keep that quality good. Keep the, uh, obviously, the first thing you'll need is a camera. Uh, I would recommend anything will work in the beginning, but if you can get like a DSLR, uh, with, uh, with some nice lenses, uh, to create some Mm -hmm. shallow depth of field. If you can't afford a DSLR, you can get just like a little camcorders because little camcorders like Canon's Vixia RF 500, it's like what? $150. And it has an amazing zoom range and all shoots on SD cards. So it's not expensive media. And the battery lasts like four or five hours. Can you change the lenses? You can't change lenses. That's the one thing, man. It's a, that's the one thing about iPhone cameras too. Is like mm-hmm. yeah. being but, able to change those lenses. Gives but the you a iPhone lot of range. camera is fixed lens. Um, yeah. Uh, even though these camcorders aren't interchangeable lenses, they're not fixed lenses. You can yeah. zoom in and out, and like it's not like digital zoom where it just blows up the image yeah, and an makes it look zoom. like. It has optical zoom where the lenses actually move and you actually are zooming in physically. Well, well so, what about the attachable lenses for the iPhones? I, I still don't think those are the same things. Like, it's like it's almost like adding a... Like, they're lenses, but it doesn't give you the same range as what Jeremy could do with, yeah, with yeah. like, a GH4. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's like, it's cool. Sense. It gives you a little extra range, a little extra room to play with, mm-hmm. and that's important. Uh, but like if you guys, once you get around to it, like you want to try to upgrade to that point. You always want to see, look at where you want to be. Like you'll have your iPhone to start out with, but you know that you want to upgrade to a DSLR or you want to upgrade to an an actual film camera. So you, you're using what you have now as a basis to get started and you know where you want to go. You don't want to just settle with what you have. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've been borrowing our equipment since the very beginning. Like yeah. the first camera we shot on was uh, our friend 7D with a, a crappy kit lens. What is that? Uh, yeah. 55. Actually, technically, the first one we 
shot with was a, a Samsung camcorder. Your little oh yeah, little yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. oh, that was terrible. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. was terrible. Oh god, that's worth it. That's worse than like the iPhone four. <laughs> oh, I remember we were so stoked because we were like, oh, dude, it's HD. It's so yeah. <laughs> it's just regular HD. That is funny. Yeah, the the only reason I have the <laughs> the the nice equipment for my studio and for location recording is because I was working at Guitar Center. And I got major discounts. Nice. Major oh, yeah. discounts. <laughs> if you want to get, get a cheaper. job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There Work you at go. a job that has your equipment. It's consistent yeah. with your, what you want to do for the rest of your life, guys. It, it, exactly. <laughs> the, I was there, and there was another job I was, I was working that paid more. But I did love Guitar Center because I was surrounded mm-hmm. by audio equipment every day. Yeah. I was meeting there audio go, guys man. every day. Mm-hmm. So, so it made sense. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ismahog is really benefiting from the equipment I mean, that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of you just, uh, we kind of just fell into working together. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we worked together. Literally, like, we worked together. We, and then we, we, we uh, met each other. Yeah, yeah. We worked together, and then we were like, I was like, yeah, man, we need a, a, uh, someone to do audio for our Deadpool <laughs> video. And he's like, I can do audio for your Deadpool video. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> the funny yeah. thing is, I didn't see any of your work. I didn't even know if you could do it. Uh, yeah. And you, and you still like nailed it. And I was like, oh, thank God, that was a good, that was a lucky gamble. <laughs> Oscar's good. Yeah. And and the reason I, I worked so hard because I, I love audio, of course. But yeah, yeah. The, I, I worked so hard because I was also a little bit intimidated <laughs> for the first video. He's like. You know, uh, you made it is no hog sound like really big, and I was like, you know what? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did. You, well, at least that's how I perceived it because uh, I was like, you know, we uh, we really want you to try out uh, for this video. If it doesn't work, you know, like uh, we'll we'll use Deadpool as like the the test, you know, to see yeah. if we're gonna keep you on board or not. And I was like, oh man, like I, I really need. <laughs> I a... think I said it a little bit friendlier than that. <laughs> he was friendly about it. I remember. I remember Oscar was did. a little bit. He was a. He was a little bit. You were a little bit stressed about it. I remember I was, when you were at work and you were. I was like, oh man, you know, because I, I was pulling some all nighters because I, I was still getting in the habit of like working. I'm a slave driver. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not. But uh, I, I was just making sure to you know uh, dot all my eyes, cross all my T's, making sure that every detail on Deadpool was perfect. Yeah, and it, and. No, Honestly, was, like I wouldn't have put it up if I didn't think it was. It was. Uh, it, was it was everything that I saw in my head, man, and, and even better. It was. Yeah, cool. I was really, and it was specifically the sound. Like I'd already seen the footage. Mm-hmm. Danny was sending me periodically. He was sending me all all the awesome stuff he's doing with visual effects. So I was like, okay, so now it's gonna come down to sound. When you did sound, I was like, it's. Dude, I was so together. happy. I, I was so together. happy. It was like the best sound for any of our videos I've yeah, ever. I, like, <laughs> the funny thing is, I sent it to Jeremy. I was like, hey, what do you think? And then he's just like, it's the best mixing we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, and that's all he said. Didn't say anything else. It's the best mixing. Well, we were, and he was had. in the group, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I remember when I was at work. I, I, work when I said noticed, that, I was like, like <laughs> whenever you guys send me stuff, if I don't like it, I'll say I don't like it. Or yeah. if I do like <laughs> it, I, if I do, do like it, I usually won't say anything. But yeah, if I really, ass. really like it, I'll oh, actually dang. say. Or he'll say, or he'll say swag. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's, he's, hey, so, Jeremy, how does this? How does this perform? Hella young. Hella young. Okay, okay. So Jeremy likes it. And if Jeremy there goes, go. if Jeremy ever goes like, damn, that's how you know he really likes it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, on top of that, there was other things that was like stressing me out. Like I just got a new computer. I was trying to like transfer my projects. My my main uh, DAW, my main yeah. audio workstation mm-hmm. wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Crazy fast turnaround, I'm sure didn't help at all. Yes. We needed a fast turnaround for yeah. Deadpool. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, when you sent me that message, like what Jeremy said, I was like, oh, geez. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Guess I passed. Dang, I need to take more confidence <laughs> in myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and, and I feel like we've, we've gotten to that point where in the beginning it was just like, you know, because the thing is, is, is we're, we're friends. We were friends before, but Ismahawk is, is still a business and we're still trying to move forward. So we got to make sure that we're bringing the best people mm-hmm. for the job in. And we're very lucky that you are the best person for the job that we've yeah. gotten. Yeah. And then your sound coupled with, with John Sikolinski's score, oh, which he, uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what it is God. with John. He <laughs> nails it. Every, every time, time, dude. Every time. Oh, man. First time. First try. Every time. Yeah, I just... Dude, I, I still remember, <laughs> like, when we were listening to the Nightwing composition, like, on our way to L.A., and I was like, this dude. is this is real life. Like, <laughs> this who is, is this, life. dude? It like, still gives me chills, I was man. like, dude, what oh, is going man. on? I was like, Danny, are you, are you trolling me right now? Or is this <laughs> really... Is this, is this, is this is the Apple this? Music? Is this Hans Zimmer, or is... Did, did you just pull up a random album on, on, on iTunes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... What, who I was like, who is this person that got us this composition? This is amazing, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is John, like, he just, I'm like, hey, dude, uh, we need this. I, I want it to have this sort of sound. All right. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and then he, the funny thing is, is, is John lives in Slovakia, so uh, he gets my message. Like, I'll be asleep and he'll be working. So I'll wake up to a fun surprise <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. of, of him sending us the, uh, the draft. And, uh, I'm so excited to see what he does with Flash versus Quicksilver. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, oh. See? Oh, you just got to keep working, and then eventually you'll find the people that wants to work with That's you. That's the thing. Yeah. Nobody... I, we always tell this story. It's like it started out with me and no one else, and then me and Jeremy started doing it, and then stuff started getting better. <laughs> and then Tony and Noel came in, and then now we've just built like this network this network of people who actually want to work with us who actually want to make this stuff happen and that will happen for you guys you just need to keep working you need to keep fighting for it and you need to keep trying harder than anyone else in the room mm-hmm. you need if you need to be trying harder it doesn't matter who else is in the room with you you need to want it more because if you don't want it more then someone else does and they're going to be the one who gets it you got to yeah no and, equipment is not an excuse yeah. No, no equipment is not an excuse because you've seen our work with no equipment. No sleep Dude, is we, not an excuse. Technically, we still don't have any equipment. All yeah. our stuff is borrowed. Except that mixer and these mics and this table. Yeah. And the mixer's right. broken. Mm-hmm. So. And the mixer's yeah, broken. Yeah, and the mixer's broken. The camera that I'm <laughs> shooting on right now, the Hawk Talk camera, is just like technically a little personal camera for me. Yeah. And yeah. that's... Blackmagic you know, uh, Pocket, right? Yeah, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, yeah. which I got on a deal for 500 when it was during the summer or something. Boom. Guys, five Friday. Black Friday, Black Friday, Dude, Black Friday. That's oh, cheaper man. than an iPhone, guys. $500 oh, for the camera, and the lens is 15 bucks on uh, eBay because it's a vintage lens. That's cheaper than an iPhone 5S, dude. That's, yeah. that's guys, crazy. There it is. Let's, yeah. also, let's also not you know, ignore the fact that we shot Greeno versus Hawkeye on the same camera. Yeah, that's true. The same camera, same lenses. There you we go, prefer, guys. I, I definitely prefer the look of the GH4. I like mm-hmm. that camera a lot, which is what we're shooting uh, Flash yeah. versus Quicksilver on. Also, another thing, like, use the right equipment for the video. Right, right equipment for the right shoot. Mm-hmm. Boom. Uh, yeah. The tripod that my camera's sitting on, it's this $15 tripod that this Danny has a, got this has me. This a story behind oh, it. Geez. Yes. Oh, so geez. when me and Danny were working at Best Buy... Uh, we started talking about doing videos. Like, oh yeah, um, do you do you think we can get the tripod there? Because it's like 
20 some dollars and on our discount it's like 15 bucks like, this was after you had left because you were you were a, a valet at this point yeah and that's why you were like hey man can you get me a tripod and i was yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think yeah. at that point you were like you know what this is gonna benefit me too because you know we'll be using it together because you know that's when we actually started doing videos that's the most expensive tripod best buy has and best buy's discount was five percent above cost <laughs> yeah or no 15 percent above cost yeah 15% above cost. Yep. So that tripod was sold for $80, and then we got it for $15. Damn. $15. Yeah. It's still working. We still use it right now. <laughs> and yep. that was like how many years ago? What, six? God, dude. All right. We became friends in 2009. We didn't start making videos until what, 2011? Yeah. I was, I was still in college, but I was getting out of it. So yeah, it had to have been 2011. Because four years ago, yeah, wow, yeah. almost five years ago. This crazy. fifteen dollar tripod has lasted us four years, and it's still going. Old faithful, and yeah. th- there you go, guys. That the, the, the that is a perfect example of maybe work at a job that has that has access to the stuff that you're you like. I would say avoid Best Buy like the plague because I hate that place. It was the worst <laughs> yeah. job I ever. They had. don't have the discount anymore. They don't. No. Oh, they don't. oh man, that sucks. If you work at Best Buy, I'm sorry. I just it was a horrible experience for me and Jeremy. It was not. A oh no, I, I never hear any good things about terrible Best Buy. leadership. We, there were some really great people who worked there, but uh, management was incompetent and took it out on all the employees, and it was it was just Ooh. not a good experience. Yeah, I, I've I've heard bad things. Anyway, that, that's the reason why I left Guitar Center. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, even to go along with uh, what we're talking about, like I'm searching Craigslist constantly because. Yeah. We need some some wireless transmitters mm-hmm. so I can get better audio through lobs that are like you know lobs man up. Yeah. lobs lobs and, lobs uh, dude I saw a deal I I must have just missed it like he posted it like two days before wow. I replied to him and uh, you you can find good decent equipment or high end equipment for you know really really cheap and uh, I mean as long as it supports the end goal the vision that you have like you know just go for it you don't need to be spending thousands of dollars no in fact you shouldn't especially in the beginning uh in in the beginning just get what you need and get what works try to spend as little money as possible but like i still uh, until like ismahawk actually like i still take money from my paycheck every week and that's how you know that's how we're able to fund a good amount of our videos uh it's not like that as much anymore but it was like that up until recently yeah. This was not a this is not like something that that is uh you know, we're not immune to it either, guys. <laughs> yeah. You just you find we live a way in rea- to make we, it work. This is still reality. We still live in the same world you do. Yeah. yeah and, everything costs money. And yeah. we're trying our best to make our thing. Yeah. And then but that should go to show you that if you want it bad enough, if you work hard, and you just gotta be creative and how you problem solve. That is honestly that's Hands down, the most important thing mm-hmm. is creative in how you problem solve things, and not just being on set, but how you're going to market, how you're going to, you know, find your team, how you're going to schedule times. That's still a nightmare. Is scheduling <laughs> times. A lot of people don't realize this. Oh, it is. But oh, even yeah. bigger channels, channels bigger than us, uh, are, have trouble with with scheduling. Scheduling. Yeah, it's it's. Everybody's busy. Everybody has their lives, and trying to find a to get time to get a big crew together. And uh, and shoot or plan something out is is tough. Even recording Hawk Talk every week can be a pain. Look, <laughs> like this is the only time we were able to record and Noel had to go to work halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We all got jobs, guys. But you know, someday soon we won't. We'll just have yeah. this month. 
Which is a good thing. You know, we, if you're a creative professional, <clears throat> you definitely need a, a daytime job until you get yourself in the market, um, you know, and, and get yourself more exposed, more clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But one of the things about where we work too is, is one of the reasons why I wanted to work there so bad because there's so many people there that are in line with what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So many actors where we work. So many actors, so many audio technicians, so many, yeah. so many cinematographers, you know, and I could just sit there and I could just talk. Even if maybe they're in cinematography and I'm an actor, we can just talk film because just because I'm an actor doesn't think doesn't mean I don't look at shots. And I'm like, how in the shit did they come up with that? <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, like yeah. and find places like that. You guys, you'll find it. If you go seek it, you will find it. I promise you, you will. And, uh, you, and it'll be in the most unlikely places ever. I actually did a, I did a report in my management class on this exact company that I work for. And I asked Danny, you'd only been working for them, what, for like three or five, six months, possibly six months when I asked you about all these questions. Yeah, probably. And I had to do a report on it and it was my final project. And I did a whole report on this exact company. And from that report, I was like, I started looking into it even more, not so much as like, you know, on a professional standpoint, but just personally and asking people that other people that worked at this place. It's like, how do you feel about it? They're like, dude, I love it. I'm like, why does every person I ask yeah. say that they love working here? I was like, maybe I should look into this. Yeah. So I, I started and fell in love with the company and I refused. I refused until I was hired. Refused. You will hire me because you need me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I actually have a friend who, who interviewed and... Um, one after his, I think, second or third interview, mm-hmm. they told him, you know, sorry, we just, we can't hire you. You're just not our right fit. And then he just said, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, I, I, need, I need to work here. And, and so they're going back and forth for a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, long story short, he got hired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a, that is great. <laughs> that's a ballsy move. It's just like, At no, worst. I, I need to work here. One last question before we move on, uh, before we uh, close out. Christian Rushing asks, uh, how do you get your lighting and sound so perfect? So far, bad lighting and background mm. noise are my biggest problems. Mm. I thought that was funny because you two were literally just talking about the process of that and that people <laughs> yeah. actually have those questions. How do they get their light? How do we get our lighting so perfect? I like listening to Jeremy talk about this because he's the lighting genius. <laughs> there is no lighting perfect in our videos. <laughs> it yeah, just I happens. Mean, well, I mean, it doesn't I wouldn't just even say happen. that it's, it's perfect, but I'd say that it, it, it's, it's good enough for what we need it for. You I know? love it's lighting. Like, I love looking at lighting. I don't know why. Probably just because I just sit there and watch Jamie every single time we're on set. It doesn't matter what role I'm in that that set. I always like he's always talking about lighting, and I'm always like. And then uh, then it's so weird when you start reading about it and listening to other people talk about it. How you're cognizant of it in different in different projects. You know, lighting is one of those things where I just. I know when it looks good, but I can't tell what makes it mm-hmm. good. Like That's I, I know exactly I, how I am. With that. <laughs> I know what it sounds good, but I don't know what you're doing. It, to it, it's, it's almost <laughs> right. like food. You know, you taste something good and you're like, it probably has oregano or, or you know, like <laughs> some kind of spice. Like who knows, but it tastes good. It, that's all I care about. Yeah. Does the it taste thing, good? The funny thing about, about there's two things I, I, that I've never dabbled in as a filmmaker. Like I pretty much had my hands in every aspect on set, except for sound and music. Other than that, everything else I put my hands in at one point or another. I, I have a basic understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Sound and music are the two things <laughs> where it's like totally an enigma to me. That's funny. <laughs> well, at least you got them covered, so you know you're good. Thank goodness. <laughs> music, music is it always is very interesting to me too, especially composition. Oh, yeah. Specifically composition for because I never understand how like Alan Silvestri or Hans Zimmer can make 
these amazing compositional freaking albums for these movies and not see the, the end product. Like, how do you know? Like, do they read the script or like, what, what did they do? How do they, they, yeah. don't they compose to the, like actually compose to the final product? To the, the to the scenes, like don't they actually see the video? Do they, they storyboard it? From there's different ways to go about it, but some people do it based off the script or, or based off of what the director is mm-hmm. telling them before shooting goes. And some some composers do it after. But it's becoming more popular for faster turnaround times. Mm-hmm. The director will talk with them beforehand. So for example, um, Interstellar, uh, Nolan is is really close with uh, with Zimmer, mm-hmm. and so um, like he invited him to like. He, Nolan invited uh, Hans to his house one time, and he was just like, he said, you know what, think about a, a father and a child or something like that, and, and write a piece of music based off of that. Wow. And, and so uh, then Hans was like, okay, whatever. So <laughs> he, he, I want it to be different from everything else we've done. So no drums. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there you I go. Let, let's make a loud organ, you know, just, <laughs> but, and Zimmer so, just goes like, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so then Hans put this little piece together, and then Nolan was like, Perfect. We're gonna make this movie. <laughs> like that. That's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it's for that specific example. It's more of like, you know, what is it that we want to like put into the music? Mm-hmm. Like, um, he, did he didn't one. use drums. Yeah. He, he had a small orchestral. Uh, it was like I think a couple of violins, a couple of cellos, things like that, mm-hmm. and one organ. And then he just went forward with that. And then uh, and then as the shooting takes place and as the editing has come in, then things will start, you know, evolving and taking shape. Wow. Yes. But, so you yeah. have like a main motif theme for the film mm-hmm. and, and different parts where they talk about what they want to hear here or like for this scene or how does it feel there. And then once they write out, the, compose the piece, they'll fit it into whatever scene is edited and just kind of finesse like where the different moments are, which they also did with the Dark Knight, Nolan and... Uh, uh, Zimmer, yeah. Where for the Joker sound, um, Nolan was just telling Zimmer about like how he thinks the Joker should be. So Zimmer went into his uh, his studio and just kind of came up with different sounds. And on the plane ride from uh, London or somewhere in uh, the UK over to the US for the shooting location, uh, Nolan was just listening to on his iPod like the different sounds that Zimmer sounded and was like, "Yep, this is it right here. This track." I like that and just run with it. And so he takes that little theme and just composes everything else around that. Wow. Yeah. And actually like That's a very interesting very interesting um way to do things. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Well, even with with our videos like Danny says, "Hey, so this video is going to be hard. We're going to do Flash versus Quicksilver. We have, you know, these two guys uh that are running super fast. Um there's going to be a lot of visual effects." Uh, so now I know in my head, like, I need to start preparing sound effects. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do a lot of, like, actual footsteps and actual punches. Mm-hmm. Like, things are going to be surreal. You know what the outside. style is and exactly. what the style's going I'm for. I'm so excited to hear Oscar's depiction of He's already sent me a few sam- samples. Oh, dude, I'm excited to hear the mine. booming <laughs> sounds and, the, and the, like, the, the speeding sounds across the gravel. That's going to sound so cool, man. Um, so now that you're on that, like, uh, how, how do you usually... Because a lot of people don't know a lot about sound, and we don't really discuss it that often. Mm-hmm. What's your process in coming up with how you want something to sound? Oh, man. I have to keep everything as organized as possible, um, or else like there is just going to get really crazy with my sessions. Because mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with the first Deadpool video, we'll use that as an example, I was running a uh, 2010 MacBook Pro, 
And this thing's like five years old. I, I beat it with like lots of audio editing, video editing, graphic design, web design. And so uh, with Deadpool, there's like a lot, a lot of tracks. And so every time I would turn on the session and open it up, you just hear the fans like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And I would have to keep like ice packs under my computer. Yeah. So what I learned from that is that, well, the way I usually work is I have actual different uh, project files. One for Foley, which is all the, uh, the interactions with, with humans and objects. Mm -hmm. One for sound effects, which are noises that objects make. Um, like, for example, a gunshot would be a sound effect, but someone grabbing a gun would be Foley. Right. Um, I have another session for Walla and Ambience, which is the background noise and, uh, and all like the people talking in the background. Uh, another for dialogue and, uh, and then I don't do any music composition for Ismahawk, so you, you, normally I would have that there. And then the master session to export all the stems and stereo files and then mix it all down. So, uh, so I go into each session and I'm able to like focus on like, let me make this footprint sound so like good, or let me make you know this this hand grab sound so like you know realistic. Then I'll go into sound effects and try to create that. And and then as I export these, then I, I mix everything down because uh, it's one thing to hear something in isolation, but at the end of the day, like no one wants to hear people walking. They want to hear like you know the gun that's right there in front of the screen. Yeah. Uh, so um, so that's how I go about it. But to answer the question even further, he was asking about clean sound, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of it is production, and I think we kind of like already tackled yeah, that we issue. Yeah, touched on that. Yeah, ADR is a big. <laughs> if uh, you can't ADR, just try to get your your microphone as mm -hmm. close to the sound source as possible. Or make a silent movie. Or or make a silent movie. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. Uh, if you're making a fight scene, usually you can just add in foley or sound effects afterward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Really, dialogue is the most important thing on set for sound. Yeah. Yeah. Everything technically could be added in post which you shouldn't you should still get reference sound on yeah, set yeah, and definitely. clean reference sound if you can but dialogue is like the biggest thing yeah yeah i even with uh day one of flash versus quicksilver i was going to try to grab some wild lines mm -hmm. and, and if you don't know wild lines are lines that are recorded off the camera so it still sounds like it's in the sound space and the mm -hmm. environment that the camera is showing but, man, it was just so noisy. It was, it was so, <laughs> so much going on. We it had was, a freeway behind us. We had music. Downtown was so busy because we were there from, you guys got there, we started filming, what, at 10, 9.30 in the morning? Mm -hmm. we, we Everybody got there at, like, 8.39. Yeah, so we started filming, like, right at 9.30, 10. At that moment, there were vendors dropping things off for downtown, so we, beep. Beep, yeah. beep, yeah. every freaking five minutes. We had tour buses. Uh, tour buses coming in every 30, hour and a half. It was just... People waving at us and taking pictures. Yeah. Oh, uh, there was a bus in our shot, and Tony went up to go ask how long the bus was going to be there, and apparently the bus driver is a fan of Ismahawk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Amazing. So bus, bus driver, if, if you're watching this, what up, dude? What up, bro? Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was, um, <laughs> the sound was crazy. And then we had the music. The then music, we had the music. Yeah, they had there the music was playing in, in the background. So much going on. And it was a busy, it was a busy day. So mm -hmm. it was just, oh man, the city was, city yeah. was a, was a Bruin. Because sometimes you can remove. It was a bustling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can remove the background noise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Don't depend on it. 
But uh, with the music in there, I was telling myself, no, no way, no way, God, there's no way. No way. It's too we're, dynamic. We're, we're, too we're, gonna, we're gonna ADR. You know, it's uh, this is a big problem in indie filmmaking, but you always want to try to scout your locations beforehand. Oh, yeah, and like your decision in picking a location also depends on like how well you can lock up that location mm-hmm. and keep all the noise out. Usually, you can't keep everything out, but you can somewhat control it mm-hmm. but at this level like at the point that we're doing like there's nothing we can do to help it yeah, i mean the location was too good to pass up pass up yeah on, exactly on things like that you know it's like and and then the, again there's the sacrifice like do you want to trade off having to do adr for uh the aesthetic of the location and since there's only a few lines we decided that that was a that was a fine risk now, if that was an entire scene, like of dialogue between two characters, like kind of like Nightwing and Red Hood on top of the building at the end of uh, Nightwing the series, yeah. that, however, is not a good location <laughs> for that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. In fact, we ran into a problem. I don't know if you recall, guys, uh, when we were on set that day, there was construction yep. going mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. So we had to ADR that scene anyway, and. That sucked. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I didn't like the performance uh, that we had to do in ADR, but I like the performance a lot better that we did. Uh, live. That we did live. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Uh, the cemetery scene. We, the cemetery thought, was right next to the street. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so cars and trucks yep. all the time. That was the one, oh, that was over the one on uh, Anne, right? Or uh, Craig? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anne, dude, I, that's a busy street, man. I wasn't there for that set, guys. That was, that's a busy street. Yeah. <laughs> And and the reason uh, I care so much about sound and I feel that Danny cares so much about sound is because it is super important. It's kind of like, imagine just looking at someone and they have no ears. Like, it's something so small, so subtle, but if their ears are not there... Sound is half the movie. You're like, whoa, that's weird. Sound is half the movie. Yeah. People are more willing to forgive uh, watching bad footage with good sound than they are with... Than watching vice versa. good yeah. footage yeah. and bad sound. Because I mean, yeah. if there's like video that's like grainy or something, yeah, someone should say aesthetic. like, "Oh, that's artistic." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's gritty. Yeah. If it's bad sound, you're like, "What Mm-mm. the heck?" Bad is sound this? is never artistic. No. Yeah. Bad sound is just bad sound. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, do not make your videos with bad sound. Try by all means to to get the best sound you can. Yeah. Sound is <laughs> yeah. Sound is arguably more important. It's so funny because I always watch our videos and I'm like, these look super boring. Like, it looks nice, but it looks boring. And then you add the music and you add the sound, and I'm like, oh no. Oh no, I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I'm actually very proud of this now. Yeah. 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 It, it's funny. I was not before. Which yeah. I had to get used to because I remember when we do the 48 and I would just watch Jeremy and Danny. This is before I would edit video, and I just watched them edit video, and I just be like, God. This is so boring. What's missing? And then I'd see Jeremy finish the sound. I'd be like, oh, yeah. got it. Got yeah. it. Ah, uh, <laughs> all coming together. Yeah, like when I, would, to the madness. when I would send you uh, stems of like, oh, here's what the swords sound like in Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, of course you have critique and you're like, hey, this sounds good and stuff. But yeah. then when I sent you everything as a mix, you're like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, why was I complaining about that? <laughs> I was yeah. like, did you change that? You're like, no. And I was like, ah, oh, it sounds so much better. Because <laughs> yeah. it was mixed in and because it was layered with yeah. the music. Yeah, so point being, sound is vital. It's not important. Yeah. It's not cool. It is vital to For your For me, video. I always love listening to Foley. 
I always feel like Foley is one of those things. Like if you watch if you watch enough film, it's almost like the Foley lulls you to sleep. It's like mm-hmm. it's like you just completely forget that that is a that is a total detail of sound. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite Foley sounds is uh, the sound of tires on gravel or like just rocks. yeah like Ooh. yeah I love that sound. I don't know why it's just so gritty and relaxing. I love the yeah. sound <laughs> of. Um, I love the sound of, of like uh, like Oxford like shoes on like metal stairs. Okay, huh? Well, that's oddly specific. I, yeah, I've I don't heard that why. before. <laughs> any kind of but any kind of like footsteps and they sound real like real mm-hmm. footsteps. Yeah, and I love listening to footsteps like when it's suspenseful foot, footsteps like okay. Or like with the wood creaking underneath yeah, it. Yeah, I love that so wood much, dude. Wood creaking sounds cool. I love that so much. Uh, the leather sound, the sound of oh, the leather yeah. twisting, oh, like that, mm. that like twist, like mm-hmm. the one that we used in uh, Green Hour. In Green Hour versus Saga, uh, I was just like, uh, the, I think you used it once, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I want to hear a lot more of that leather <laughs> yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, when when Tony's Pull pulling back, the, back yeah. the, bow. the bow, there's a leather sound there. It doesn't make any sense, but it sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that does Just sound Just the sound awesome. of metal gadgets, like especially with uh, little tools or um, yeah. gun. Gun sounds. Like oh, gun sounds are awesome, hear, oh, dude. Yeah. Like all the stuff. When you Captain move America's shield. Clunk, clunk. Yeah. Or it's Thor's so hammer. Or like when he throws it. When he throws it. Yeah. 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 Oh god, dude! That, we could sit here and talk about you, this all day. Can you imagine <laughs> like on set of Captain America when he puts it on his back? It's literally just like a, like it's like a it's so fabric. So boring. But then yeah. when you actually add in the sound effects, it's just yeah. Tunk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I think it, it's so cool because like we hear these things every day, but to get a microphone as if it's like a, a, an extra ear and like get really close to that and then hear what that's like really Foley's close. Foley's always fun. We, me and yeah. uh, me and Jeremy did some Foley for Nightwing versus no Nightwing versus Nightwing Nightwing. You almost gave something away. Yeah, I almost did. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, man, yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, we're not doing anything. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, we, we had to do like bones cracking and we got celery, Mm -hmm. celery sticks and we, and we broke and then we got popsicle sticks. Yeah. I like the celery sound better because it sounded more like wet. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? It sounded, it sounded you more moist. moist. <laughs> Ew, flesh. This was a fun conversation. Uh, yeah. I like, you know, this is one of the first episodes. I think we haven't discussed anything superhero related, <laughs> uh, and I think that's okay. Uh, I think it's okay too, guys. I feel like it's informative. It is informative. I mean, you guys have been asking these questions on a daily basis, and it's like, what what advice do you have for people making fan films? The oh. advice is simple. Do the best you can, stay truthful to yourself and to your characters, and have fun. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. It's and not it's, always, comp- it's not a competition. Yeah, it's not a competition. Yeah, I, I love that's a great that's a great add-on. I, I think one of the reasons why Nightwing Batman did so well is because Danny and Jeremy know the character. They know the character, mm-hmm. like the back of their hand. They know it. They grew up with him. They loved him. So they just did it. They didn't have the resources, but people loved it because it rang true with that character. Guys, if all else fails, if it's true to that character, it'll work. It'll be fine. People will love it. And who knows? It might be another Batman Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're young, uh, it's not enough to just have one discipline anymore. You need to understand as many as possible. Yep. 
you need to understand editing. You need to understand visual effects. You need to understand writing. You need to understand mm-hmm. sound, understand music, understand cinematography, acting even. I always tell Jeremy um, when Jeremy was in college that he should have taken an acting class because it would have... Uh, uh, it sort of would give him more insight to what it's like on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and, uh, and you know, it, it's good for all of us to get experience in other things. So if you're just starting out and you're a filmmaker, get as much experience doing as many different things as possible. Um, you know, I, I learned how to do visual effects. Oh, a lot of people ask me, oh, what's a good visual effect to start doing? Lightsaber effect. Super easy, basic. There's thousands thousands of tutorials online so many different ways to do it you can find the technique that you like the best super easy that'll give you insight into choreography that'll give you insight into visual effects sword editing. fights sword fights are the one of the hardest things to choreograph guys if you guys can get a little a sword, more dangerous too. yeah a little yeah. bit more okay. dangerous <laughs> if you guys can get a sword fight correctly and it looks good on camera you you it's a Kudos great step to, to move forward yeah, yeah it's a great step i mean that forward. would be that, again that would be a great place to start. And if you don't do visual effects and you you know, you want to get a visual effects guy, recommend learning and understanding how to use uh, 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 an application like After Effects. Mm-hmm. Cause Just because it, it, it helps. It gives yeah. us a visual diversity in our work, you know? I mean, do we know any other visual effects artists? I can uh, maybe... I, can, I, may, I think I know two others that live in the city. That's crazy. Yeah, that's and crazy. And neither of them would be willing to work. So with you guys them. want to know what the what what the uh, having the upper hand means now, <laughs> knowing how to do visual effects. Yeah, during during all my job interviews, I always try to harp on the fact that I'm uh, a T-shaped person, meaning like I have all these skills. You know, I've dabbled in a lot of different things yeah. to a certain extent, but I'm deeply disciplined in audio. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. that's my thing. Yeah. So uh, so you definitely want to be the jack of all trades, but be a master of something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A renaissance man, have something that you focus on. Like, Jeremy is good at everything, but he focuses on cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? And that's and that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the word. I want to record cookie that crumbles. cookie crumbling. Oh, uh, that's... <laughs> I want to film that cookie. How would, how would that sound? I wonder how that would I sound. I want to put my sound to your film of that cookie crumbling. Amazing. It'd I be wish the I best was cookie like, crumble ever. I wish I was like Michael Winslow and I could just make a bunch of crazy sound effects with my mouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I actually, I actually um, saw for the first time. Uh, what the heck is that? That's a, that's a machine gun. <laughs> What? <laughs> I thought that was like a, a bird flapping really nope. fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think that's of, a helicopter. I, I finally watched a uh, a, guy, a, a guy doing a oh, no, uh, no. a DJ uh, like a DJ like a like a spin. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, I saw someone do that for the first time online the other day, and I was like, it's "This cool. is amazing! It's cool! This yeah. is amazing!" Heard, uh, Tom Thumb. I think that's who I saw. Yeah, he yeah. his stuff is. He, Tom Thumb was an enjoyable film from 1960s. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> guys, I uh... holy shit, dude! It's almost been two hours. Yeah. Thanks for watching another fantastic episode of Hawk Talk. We hope you guys learned something. <laughs> um, we hope. Yeah, if you guys like the episode again, please go and support us on the Patreon. It helps us make really cool videos, and our production value goes up, and we can buy a new mixer. And we'll work for food. We'll work for Patreon dollars, we'll work <laughs> which for, turns into food, which turns into food and other sort of things. Yeah, so uh, yeah, if you like our work, please donate to our Patreon. Support us on there. Uh, it helps us make better content and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys like, see, 
He's wearing his awesome Ismahawk t-shirt. We're uh, releasing our Minute Matchups t-shirt. It'll only be available for the next nine days from today. So if you guys want to pick one up, now is your chance. I am. Now is the chance. So yeah, it's only going to be available till October 21st. Yep. So if you guys want it, get it as soon as possible because you will like it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah, I, I like, like it. it. They're actually cheaper than the Ismahawk shirts. I made them a little bit uh, less expensive. So you Boom. can... You can buy more for yourself and your families. Yes. Give them to all of your, <laughs> your friends. Give them to your teachers. Younglings. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Danny Lachep. Noel is not here, but he's at Noel Lachep. Tony is at Walk on Tony. Jeremy's at Jeremy Lee with three Y's. <laughs> Oscar, you're Oscar, at Oscar Audio Geek. Oscar Audio Geek. Oscar also, OscarAudioGeek.com if uh, you want to check out some of my work. And uh, it's funny that we're talking about cringing. I feel like I need to update my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you need work. This guy right here. <laughs> he, he does audio. He does it pretty Oscar well. Oscar does sound. He does shameless sound. Marketing. Shame, shameless marketing. Shameless geek. marketing. Shameless yep. marketing. Cool. All right. We love you. Bye. Cool. Love you. Mwah.